1: Can Sam Howe and the Washington Commanders hang with the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving? All that and more in this crossover edition of the Locked On Commanders and Locked On Cowboys podcast.
2: You are Locked On Cowboys, your lock, daily Dallas Cowboys lock, podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast lock, Network, your lock, team every lock, day.
1: Locked lock, On. Locked On. Locked On Locked On Cowboys. Lock on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Commanders and Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PricePix.com slash lockdown NFL and use promo code lockdown NFL, all one word, for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today is the great David Harrison from Loton Commanders. Follow him on Twitter at dharrison82. We've got a, a big NFC East game here on Thanksgiving. We are going to preview this game. David, let's start with the biggest storylines kind of going into this game. What, what is it for the Washington side of things?
0: Yeah, I mean for for the Washington Commanders the biggest thing that that everybody's talking about is the the job security or lack thereof of the coaching staff and uh primarily you're talking about head coach Ron Rivera and then behind him is defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and and it really is Mark it's kind of a it's kind of a split batch, you know, depending on who you talk to and and there's there's reports, there's rumors, there's opinions and you know, some of them uh some of them believe that regardless of what happens against the Dallas Cowboys that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio at a minimum uh, are going to be let go after the game, uh, you know, as early as Thursday night, even, you know, Friday morning, maybe when they get back to Ashburn, uh, you know, at least let them have the trip home before they make it officially, officially official. And then, you know, if any position coaches or anything like that are a part of that, that move as well will be to be, to be determined. But so, I mean, for the most part, fans are already kind of talking about, well, who's going to be the interim head coach, who's going to be the interim defensive coordinator, not, could it happen? Will it happen? Might it happen? It's 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 a matter of, okay, we know this is going to happen now. What happens after the fact and what's the, what's the moving on point? And, and from, for, for a coaching staff point, you know, perspective, that's that's obviously difficult to deal with, you know, and, and everybody will try to say like, oh, you know, we try to tune that out and we try to focus on what we got to do. And and certainly they certainly are trying to focus on the task at hand, but we're all human beings. And if Marcus Moser and David Harrison are waking up every morning too, when are they going to get fired from on Cowboys and on Commanders? We would still come do our shows, but let's be honest, like there would be a little bit of a of a distraction hanging in the back of our minds. And and so, you know, that's that's really kind of it, – it's weird because, you know, on the surface it kind of says, okay, but that, what does that have to do with the game? Well, these are the guys who are game-playing. These are the guys who are calling the shots and and making the adjustments in the game and making the tough decisions uh, as the action goes on. So if they have this kind of stuff hanging over their heads or, or crawling around in the back of their minds while they're doing this, certainly it could impact the way – uh, that they coach the game, and then obviously, if they, if it's impacting their coaching, it'll impact the play on the field.
1: So, do you think the game last week against the Giants was kind of the tipping point here? Like, was that the the, the final straw for Rivera and Jack Dario?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the straw pile, you know, to to go along with that analogy, like the straw pile was already pretty tall. You know what I mean? The the uh, you, you if you want to, you break it down level by level. It really doesn't get a lot better. Like you start off with, you know, the culture of the organization and, and the handling uh, of the situations that Ron Rivera came into as a head coach and was dealing with. And I think that's the positive, right? Like that's where the real positive is here. As uh, as he was, and I, and I explained this to a lot of Locked On Commanders listeners and viewers over the years because it was it was almost equally important to have a a football mind in that position as much as, as much as it was to have the appropriate spokesperson. And Ron Rivera has been that appropriate spokesperson. During the previous era uh, that we no longer speak of around here, um, or well, around there, because I'm in Dallas in my beautiful hotel room studio, um, and you totally know, so best. like that's where the success goes. But honestly, like you go to like free agent signings and 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 free or you know offseason additions. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz are going to stand out, uh, principal among them. But then you go to the draft, and Chase Young is the first first round draft pick of Ron Rivera's tenure, and he doesn't make it to the end of his rookie contract before he's traded. Jamin Davis follows, and and the expectation based on current play is that he's not going to have his fifth year option picked up. So your first two first round picks are both not going to have their fifth year options picked up. Both of them are defensive players by a defensive coach on a defensive team, and then you know obviously the results on the field haven't been there. The defense has shown flashes of the defense of being the unit that we thought they could be, and 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 I suppose in some ways think they still could be. I, I suppose. Uh, but it has never been consistent and certainly has never been a full season of seeing that uh, type of defensive play, and it's just eluded them time after time. And, and you know, again, it's it's this is their program. This is their identity. This is who they want to be. Um, and right now, outside of the fact that the culture is better and it seems they may have found a quarterback, those are the only two things really that this coaching staff right now in the front office is clinging to to say, look, guys, we have uh, something good going and, and everything else is pretty much – uh, falling down around their ankles, and, and that's you know that's a terrible situation to be in.
1: Yeah, and I want to actually ask you about Sam Howell because on the last couple episodes of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, we talked about how and how he's kind of a scary quarterback for the Cowboys to play against <laughs> because he'll stand in the pocket, he's going to throw the, ba- the ball down the field, and that's mm-hmm. always a little terrifying. So where are you at right now with Sam Howell in regards to him being the franchise quarterback or not in Washington?
0: yeah i certainly think he's our franchise quarterback ability you know what i mean i think the potential is certainly there and and you know the phrase franchise quarterback is always something that i i find interesting because that term really means different things for every different franchise like if you go back to the baltimore ravens joe flacco was a franchise quarterback for a small period of time because they didn't need him to be joe montana patrick mahomes jalen hurts or you know any of those guys so for them that was what they needed in a franchise quarterback. That's what they got. They won a championship. They were very competitive with that kind of a quarterback. Now he goes to the New York Jets, Denver Broncos, whoever, and they think that he's going to make them better. And that was just never Joe Flacco's game. So that's why that doesn't work out in those situations. Now with Sam, you know, Ron Rivera has has you know kind of pounded the table and said, like, we have our guy of the future, for the future, all those things. And that's, you know, it's great for him to have that confidence. And Sam Eric Biennemi has kind of just – pulled back on the reins a little bit and said look he's doing everything we asked him to do he's doing all the right things and I think Eric just wants to to hold back on crowning him for for multiple reasons one of them being you know if Eric Bianchi comes out and says yes Sam Howell is a franchise quarterback today this year right now the the combination the connection everybody's going to make is this dude just coached their, uh, Patrick Holmes you know what, mm-hmm. what I mean so if he if he just he knows what a franchise quarterback looks like and now you've got all this expectation of well where does Sam Howell stack up against Patrick Mahomes and in some stat box uh you know situations he actually stacks up pretty nicely this year but you see the high pressure situations and and some of the some of the young quarterback decisions still being made uh by Sam Howell that obviously show you that he's on the way but he's certainly not there yet but the potential is definitely there. Speaking of franchise
1: quarterbacks, the biggest story in Dallas right now is the play of Dak Prescott who mm-hmm. at least in my eyes like this is the best four or five game stretch that he's had of his career. He's confident. He looks comfortable in this offense. They're throwing the ball more. And I kind of think this is going to be a shootout. Like, I think Washington is going to be able to make some plays on offense. Uh, We haven't really seen Dak in very many shootout games this year. It's been a lot of blowout games one way or the other. I want to see how he looks in a game where they've got to score 31 points to to win, what that kind of pressure looks like. Because so far, he's kind of passed every test that we needed to see. He's looked incredible this year. And I I think Cowboy fans are very excited about this direction that Prescott's headed because if he can continue this play through this next three game home trip that the Cowboys have against Washington, Seattle, and Philly, maybe yeah. this really is the year that they could make some noise in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I've got I've got to out myself here, and Cowboys fans that watched our divisional special, you know, they might remember by now, you know. Cowboys fans, I think, you are a little bit too busy enjoying a lot of success to worry about the haters from from times past. But, you know, I'll, I'll freely call myself out here. Like, in the preseason, I looked at this as a team that wanted to be more defensive uh, and wanted to lean on the run more, but then letting Ezekiel Elliott go. Not that in a vacuum I don't understand the Ezekiel Elliott move, but just in the in the understanding of Tony Pollard's injury that he's coming back from, and then what they did subsequently just to secure the back end of him. It looked to me like this was a team that's their their methods were kind of, Disagreeing with their actions, you know, adding Brandon Cooks, but we look like we want to be a more of a run first team. Um, but look, whether whether you want to call them, you know, whatever shoebox you want to fit the Dallas Cowboys into, I mean, they've they've been balling. You know what I mean? And 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 they've been getting the job done. And at the end of the day, that's what's most important. I don't care. uh You want to call them a play action team? They never run play action as long as they win the game. Just call them winners, and that's all you need to worry about. So and yeah, Dak has been part of that. Watching cut ups of Dak uh, Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys red zone offense. Uh, I've, I've got thoughts, Marcus. I've got thoughts and. uh I, th- I think they'll be okay if this is a shootout, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some of the key matchups that we're excited to see on Thursday next. This crossover episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, All you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. This is the most fun that I've had playing DFS. I love all the different players and all the different stat categories you can choose from. I also love that they have an uh, injury insurance policy. They are the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. What happens if you have somebody who is, Playing in the first half get, gets injured, does not return for the second half. That player is rebooted and your lineup still is intact. It's absolutely incredible. Go check out PrizePix. Go to Pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use promo code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use promo code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back to this crossover edition of the Locked On Commanders and Locked On Cowboys Podcast. We want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We want to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, David, let's talk about matchups in this game. Which ones do you have your eye on?
0: Uh, it's a pass rush against the Washington Commanders protection. And and part of that obviously relies on Sam Howell. And this is something that com- locked on commanders every day are going to remember fondly during the early weeks of the NFL season and talking about how, you know, while the Washington Commanders offensive line was struggling, some of it also is on Sam Howell and where he has grown as a quarterback to help protect himself and help out his offensive line is in his pre-snap recognition, his ability to read the defense, and his ability to make timely decisions. Uh, you know, young quarterbacks, one of the trademarks of young quarterbacks is they start from one side of the field and then they bounce to the next guy, next side, next side, next guy as they make their way across the field. Sam Howell is now getting to the point in, in, in his development where he's coming out, seeing the defense, and you'll see him at times start off with one read on the right or the left side of the field, and if it's not there, he's already got in his mind, okay, if this guy's doing this or if that look isn't there, this next look is probably there. And he's skipping over two or three receivers. Sometimes go to the opposite side of the field and find an open guy, and that's exactly the mentality you want to see against the New York Giants. And I think this is this is indicative of every young player, not just quarterbacks, but it sticks out more uh, about when, when you talk about quarterbacks. We saw a little bit of a regression. We saw a little bit of in the training world, we call it spontaneous recovery, where you build on building good good behavior and good habits on over, over top of bad ones, and then just as you think you're 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 set you get a regression right back to the bad habits you had before. And Sam got locked in on a couple of deep routes, made some bad decisions, got a little too aggressive. Uh, at times, I asked him on Wednesday if he felt like he was pressing, or on Tuesday, rather, sorry, uh, condensed week. But I asked him if he felt he was like he was pressing at all against the New York Giants. It was on tape. I kind of felt like he was pressing a little bit, Marcus. And he told me no. He was just trying to make decisions, trying to make plays. For his team, he did admit, you know, probably could have made some better decisions in some places, but it wasn't because he was pressing, which isn't an important detail because it's not a stress reaction. It's a competitive edge that, you know, every I think every quarterback, uh, they want to throw the deep bomb on every play. Right. Let's just be honest. So every quarterback has to actively combat that competitive edge to make the big play every play. Um, I think against the New York Giants got the better of Sam Howell. The question now is going to be, does it happen two weeks in a row? Or can he come in smarter against this defense, which is going to be much more aggressive and is much better at taking the ball away from quarterbacks?
1: I want to stay on that side of the ball because at least over the last couple of years, Trayvon Diggs has done an outstanding job on Terry McLaurin, who I really respect. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league. It just doesn't get talked about, Mm
0: -hmm. but for
1: whatever reason, Trayvon has had a lot of success against McLaurin. Obviously no Trayvon Diggs this week because towards ACL going into week three, that's going to be Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, still two really good corners. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know how they match up against McLaurin. It's, it's just one of those things that we've – Cowboy fans have really never had to worry about Terry McLaurin all that much because they've had Diggs. Now, without him, maybe this is a big game for McLaurin. I fully expect Washington to take a lot of shots down the field to challenge these corners. The Cowboys will also be without one of their starting safeties, J. Ron Curse. Now, while he's more of a box safety – it's yeah. just something worth mentioning. I'm I'm just fascinated to see how the Cowboys corners against these receivers uh match up with one another.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think you're 100 percent right. And honestly, I think the 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 frustrating thing from a fantasy standpoint, especially if you're a commanders fan and you went out and you grabbed Terry McLaurin, is that Eric Biennemi is a true product of the Andy Reid system in Kansas City, where they don't care who the star of the individual game is. They just want to win the game. So and, and Terry McLaurin is very much the same way. If if he's the guy that if he's at no catches, and he's just a decoy all day carrying double coverage down the field, opening up you know opportunities underneath for other guys and they get the win, he's super happy. If he gets twenty catches and they win, he's even happier. But if they get twenty, if he gets twenty catches for a touch and lose by a field goal, he's just as upset as if he had yeah. uh, no catches. So that's that's the great thing about Terry. And and with Curtis Samuel being healthy again and and trending towards the right direction to be able to play in this game, um Antonio Gibson, uh, you know, questionable. I still have my doubts that he's actually going to play but you know i certainly hope to see ag back on the field of course ag is is one of the 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 players that in more recent memory had a really good game against the dallas cowboys um so so commanders fans want to see him on the field and and you talk about jaron curse i think that's a bigger loss than maybe some people put on it because the washington commanders have gotten very screen heavy with their running backs and they've had a lot of success doing so with running back brian robinson specifically, but also A.G., and if that little bit of uh, of an effort or that uh, presence in the, in the box, like you mentioned, isn't there, that could actually open up opportunities for Eric Bieniemy to be a little more aggressive play calling. But to be honest with you, that's more uh, uh, scramble drill type things. It, mm-hmm. it, they're considered screen passes and all that stuff, but they're, they're cons- they're, there's more Sam how checking into those things uh, or, or calling those on the fly. But I do think that could be a significant issue. Um, and then, you know, if they can get the Dallas Cowboys uh, defense caught in an aggressive look and get that screen behind them, Uh, perhaps take advantage of that number one rated screen game uh, in the NFL.
1: Yep. One more matchup I just want to mention briefly before we move on. Uh, The Cowboys offensive line against Washington's defensive line. So Mm -hmm. the Cowboys have done a really good job on edge rushers this year. Tyron Smith has allowed one pressure in his last five games, uh, and that was last week. It was a pretty soft pressure. Terrence Steele, the right tackle, has actually gotten quite a bit better in the last couple weeks. Where they've had issues at times, and this sounds really weird to say, is at the right guard spot with Zach Martin. It's clear mm. that he's dealing with some kind of ankle issue. Tyler or Tyler Smith, their left guard, has been outstanding. Tyler Biotis, their center, has been really good. We saw last week against Derrick Brown. Derrick Brown literally tossed Zach Martin out of the way on a run play, threw him into the air, and made the tackle for a loss. This is a matchup where the Cowboys have felt really good over the last couple of years, Zach Martin on Duran Bland, or sorry, Duron Payne, not Duran Bland, Duran Pl- Payne. And I'm a little bit nervous about it going into this one.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that, and that sounds like you should be a little bit, you know, uh, the, the thing about this pass rush, especially since the trades chase young and Montez sweat is it has not been very effective. Right. And, and that's really not a secret, but, uh, you know, if you look, if you turn on the tape against the New York Giants, you see the nine sacks, you see the pressures, you see all those things, and and those are all well and good. But this this Dallas Cowboys offensive line is not the New York Giants offensive line. And no disrespect to anybody out there in New York stepping on the field, those dudes are doing uh you know one heck of a job with with who they've got and the and the experience and all that stuff and some of the talent on the field. The Dallas Cowboys are certainly a step up. Now, you know, if the, if there is that weak spot at the right guard position, surprisingly so, hearing that name called with a weak spot, like you said, conditions you know, context matters. Um, certainly expect it's not that case, big of a weak spot.
1: Can... I mean, he's he's still he's still an average guard at the very worst. Right, just, right. We're so used to Zach Martin being an All Pro level player yeah. that when he goes up against Payne, it's just not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, and and that's you know that's that's more of a testament to what he has been. Zach has been able to do in his career. Uh, to to have that kind of a drop-off be that big of a surprise for someone where he's playing better than, than probably most guards in the NFL, but it is still a little bit of a surprise. Something that we saw uh, uh, last week, Marcus, a little bit, was a little bit of moving around on the defensive line. There was there were a couple reps specifically where it was, I saw John Allen lining up as basically a defensive end, kind of in that that B-gap type of alignment, and that was really interesting to me because it's not something we've seen a whole lot from Jack Del Rio's defense, and I've kind of been wondering if we're going to see a little bit more creativity at, with the absence of Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Of course, you know as well as anybody it's, it's hard to install new things midseason um, but if we continue to see a little bit of that maybe you see them kind of engage uh, engage Zach and then try to twist around him to kind of get him moving around get that ankle tested get him get him you know moving left and right a little bit more than he wants to and, and try to fatigue uh, that thing you know look you don't you don't want to go low and, and, and injure a guy but if he's already got a little bit of an ailment certainly stressing it to, to build that fatigue a little bit faster through the game is just part of the strategy.
1: All right, let's talk about some of the keys to victory for both Washington and Dallas going into this Week 12 matchup next.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back to this crossover edition of the Locked On Commanders and Locked On Cowboys podcast. Every day, we will both be back on Friday to break down this NFC East battle David, let's start with how do you think Washington can win this game? What do they need to do to come away with a big upset victory? Because the last time I checked on FanDuel, Washington was thirteen and a half point underdogs. Yeah.
0: yeah, that spread is nasty. Um, I would, you know, Cowboys fans, I understand the confidence. I'd probably go money line on that just because the way the NFL tends to work. But yeah, that's that five seventy-five.
1: That's good value right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we've already talked, you know, protect Sam Howell. That's obviously going to be important. And I kind of mentioned that I want to talk about the Cowboys red zone offense. I really do if we have time. But mainly, I want you know, expanding just a little bit on that running back conversation, I think that's really going to be the most important here for the Washington Commanders. If you want to come away with an upset, you got to win the running back battle because it does two things. One, uh, if you can force Dak Prescott into being super pass heavy in the intermediate and, and deeper levels. I know it sounds weird because this defense gives up a lot of explosive passes. But if you can make if you can make any offense a little bit less three, four, five dimensional, whatever it's trying to be, that simplifies things from a mental standpoint. Um, and I think this is really the best spot for the Washington Commanders be able to do so is to control the ground game uh, on offense. Use your running backs. Use your screen game again. Number one screen game and yards per screen pass. Attempted in the NFL right now, use that, control the clock, shorten the game, and give Dak Prescott in that offense fewer opportunities to score. But then on the defensive side of things, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are, are no slouches in the screen game either. 11th in the NFL in, in screen game usage with the running backs, 7th most yards per screen. Um, but the Washington Bears defense is the best in the NFL against the screen, and that's something that we talked with Ron Rivera about, and he mentioned how the Cowboys, it's not just your conventional screen over and over and over Again, they like to move a lot of different pieces. They like to move left to right. They like to do a lot of misdirection. So eye discipline is going to be a huge part of that. But if they can do that, take away the short game, take away the run game, force Dak to have to live and survive off the intermediate, deeper parts of the game. Again, it sounds kind of weird because it's like you got a glass jaw, but I want you I want you swinging for my head, not everything else. It just It makes your defensive strategy a little bit easier if you can take one thing off the board. And that's the easiest thing I see for them to be able to take off the board for the Cowboys.
1: For the Cowboys, it's just to play their game. Uh, They are just one of these teams that when things are going well, it can be an avalanche, right? And this is what happened in most of their wins this year. They get up by a score or two scores. Opponents have to start throwing the ball. The Cowboys can put their NASCAR package on the field and just attack. And most teams aren't able to come back from that. But to get that lead, you're going to have to play clean football. And what we've seen from the Cowboys – at least over the last 10 years on Thanksgiving, is that, number one, they don't play clean football. And number two, they get off to really, really slow starts. I believe they're averaging like 3.3 points per half in the last decade on Thanksgiving. They've just been horrendous at starting these games off. Go down the first couple drives, get points, lean on your defense. It's okay to punt. Don't turn the ball over. And I think eventually – your talent will win out. I mean, we, Washington has a lot of injuries that we didn't even go over on this show. Emmanuel Forbes, one of their cornerbacks, is out. Uh, yeah. A couple of defensive linemen uh, out, including Effie Avada, who the Cowboy fans know well because he was on their international program. Mm-hmm. Uh, just play a fairly clean game. And I would think by the third and fourth quarter, things will really start to tilt in your favor.
0: Yeah, I always call it "Don't feed the trolls." You know what I mean. When you got such a such a physical advantage over your opponent, don't give them the opportunities uh, to have those those comeback chances or or to take the take the momentum from you. Uh, and if the Cowboys don't do that, don't feed the troll. Which in this case, the trolls unfortunately are the Washington Commanders. Then you know I, th- I think everything you just said is is correct. A couple more minutes, so I do want to talk about this red zone offense because I, sure. I like what I see from Dallas Cowboys red, red zone offense. Dak Prescott, fifteen of his nineteen touchdown passes this year have come from the twenty yard line or closer, um, and and that's true for most you know quarterbacks that that's the majority of their touchdown passes, obviously. But Dak's Dak's ratio of of touchdown passes from the twenty or closer to outside the twenty is a little bit higher than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think that's for the Washington Commanders. You know, if and when the Cowboys get into the red zone, that's where you got to be the tightest. But at the same time, that's where you see some of the most creativity out of the Dallas Cowboys offense and it was really fun watching them against man coverage and how they attack inside leverage and really like to do some clear out stuff and hit uh hit outbreaking routes against uh, against defenders that are now playing uh too far inside trying to trying to trying to to make up for technique and then and then z- against zone how smart this team is and how smart the designs are with taking guys through zones to clear those guys out of their zones discipline is going to be such a key factor for this washington commanders defense in the red zone against this passing game um and, you know, I think I counted Marcus, maybe two of the 15, uh, 20, 20 touchdown pass from Dak from the 20 or closer that were not outbreaking routes or uh or fly about- routes that were helped by clear outs on outbreaking routes. Like the the way that they just these, they stack these designs, it looks a little bit simplistic on tape. But when you really get down to the minutia of it and, and, and the deliberateness of a guy like, you know, Brandon Cooks running through an area with full speed and what he's designed to do. The biggest thing I want to see from the Washington Commanders, honestly, is you cannot let CeeDee Lamb kill you. Like Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. might end up with two or three red zone touchdowns, schoonmaker, Ferguson, all those things. But too many times I see opposing defenses get into the red zone and somehow they allow CeeDee Lamb to line up inside, attack inside leverage, break outside with nobody over top of them. Uh, to me, if you're the Washington Commanders, you got single high coverage, you got any type of deep safety, you're telling that safety. Your job is to stay on top of CD Lamb. I don't care what's going on everywhere else. And everybody else, you have got to understand, that quote-unquote deep help that you have, you don't have him because he's on CD. So if you're not on CD, you're by yourself. Go out there and make your money.
1: Yeah, and the Cowboys' offense really goes as CD Lamb goes. We, we saw last week against the Panthers, CD wasn't really involved early, only had, I think, two catches in the first half. And the offense kind of struggled. It looked sluggish, but whenever CD is involved and whenever teams decide to leave him in man-to-man coverage one-on-one, that's yeah. when the Cowboys have the most success. So I, I got to believe that Jack Del Rio is not going to allow CD lamb just to cook in this game. They're going to find ways to try to limit him uh, to try to slow down this Cowboys offense. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making this crossover uh, Thursday edition, your first listen every single day. Again, we will both be back on Friday at our respective shows. Go check out Laton commanders, Lot on Cowboys on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. We also wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here covering you 24-7, giving you the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel Go check out David on Twitter at dharrison82. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy the game. And we will see you right back here next time.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.